This episode of the Unravel podcast is recorded and produced on the lands and waterways of Wajak Noongar Butcha. I acknowledge Wajak Noongar of the Bibbulmun Nation as the traditional and ongoing custodians and original storytellers of the lands, waterways and skies on which I live and work on and look up to. And I pay my deepest respects to their elders past, present and future. And through them extend my deepest respect and solidarity to all Aboriginal and Zenith Kess peoples. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Dombulu vinaka and malo nikin, kotoko ingoa na yavangu or emele ungavule. Welcome to the second episode of the Unravel podcast. I hope you've been keeping well since we last met. It's a new Gregorian calendar year and we are coming to the end of Bunuru season on Wajakbuja. Today I'm going to be reading my blog post from Unravel about story sovereignty from 2021 because it frames what we do at Studio Akin really well and it's a framework that is gaining momentum, as it should. I wanted to share it because I think it will help contextualize some of the conversations that some of you may be part of or some thoughts that you may be internalizing. So, here we go. Story sovereignty is a storytelling framework that centers indigenous storytelling practices, worldviews, and storytellers. It values the ways in which storytelling can be used as a way to build social bonds, support collective decision-making, and recognize our interconnectedness with all living things. Through prioritizing collectivism or communal governance models, it also means understanding how storytelling is a process that nurtures and iterates the importance of collective memory for the ongoing survival of Indigenous peoples and their knowledges. It refers to the power of storytelling and storytelling practices by Indigenous communities for Indigenous communities. The quote-unquote sovereignty that comes from storytelling refers to the ability for Indigenous people to determine their own stories, their own history, their own future, and frame them as they choose. Story sovereignty has not been a part of mainstream education or media culture until recently, and to be frank, it has a long way to go. As a result, there are many misconceptions about the ethics of telling Indigenous-focused stories, and this post explores what storytelling sovereignty can mean for Indigenous people today and how it intersects with ethical storytelling practices. So where did the term story sovereignty come from? Well, I first came across the term through my friend, incredible storyteller, and mana wahine, Hanel Harris, who is Ngapuhi, Ngati Tufaretoa Kikarewo, and Ngati Paro, as well as Lebanese. Hanel speaks on story sovereignty with no apologies. In conversation with Acme, Hanel said, visibility is not enough anymore. It needs to be story sovereignty. And these are sentiments that I have shared for many years and spoken of frequently, particularly how only those from our communities know what we need to feel safe in storytelling spaces. And we're not alone, Hanel and I. For generations, many of our tupuna have called for the importance of writing and orating our own narratives and the agency to build spaces that support us to do this safely. Hanel expanded on why visibility is not enough in discussion with Capsule NZ. And she said, stories always seem stronger when the voices behind the scenes match the faces on the screen. And it's because it's our lived experience. We're telling it from the inside out rather than from the outside in. 
As storytelling becomes more popular, particularly in the world of data and information, it is becoming increasingly important to recognize the power of storytelling and how it connects us all. Indigenous storytelling practices are a form of historical narrative recount. They are highly intelligent, intricate and detailed interpretations and expressions of lived experiences and knowledges. The reduction of the value of arts and storytelling by the Colonial Project is an ongoing attempt to dehumanize and simplify its value to Indigenous peoples. Storytellers are historians. Storytellers are knowledge holders. Storytellers are prophets. Today, storytelling is a continuing means of communication for Indigenous people from all around the world to share our culture, our history and language with others as solidarity and resistance. Indigenous peoples are not interchangeable and neither are our stories or our storytellers. When speaking on how story sovereignty informed the development and production of her show, Sis, Hanel shared with Acme that from the inception of this project, together with her mentees, Destiny Momoesea and Maya Thompson, that she worked to incorporate Maori ways of knowing and being into her process. So what can story sovereignty look like in creative work? Well, Storytelling that reflects the values and beliefs of Indigenous peoples is ethical storytelling. Storytelling should be led by Indigenous storytellers where all parties involved are treated with respect and respecting cultural expressions as it is respected in storytellers and their communities' own spaces. Ensuring that Indigenous people own the content and copyright, intellectual property concerning modern and traditional knowledges to what has been created, Understanding how important a sense of identity and belonging is and building and nurturing opportunities to express this. It also means understanding how storytelling is a process of establishing ongoing relationships between people. Therefore, there is an ethical responsibility to share stories in ways that are respectful and caring of past, present and future generations. It does not erase nor generalize the specific and nuanced storytelling practices embodied by storytelling indigenous storytellers. It does not erase nor generalize the specific and nuanced storytelling practices embodied by indigenous storytellers, but rather it acknowledges and embeds the importance of place-specific knowledge and storytelling practices within content development and production. It builds inclusive workspaces and frameworks for parents and families. It prioritizes communal well-being, including monitoring and supporting physical, mental and spiritual well-being through prioritizing collectivism or communal governance models. It challenges linear notions of time and prioritizing process as much as outcome. It decentralizes colonial architecture as creative spaces by embedding connection to land, water and skies as a valid place to seek, source from and deliver creativity. And it does not allow space for outsiders to demand intellectual property, nor access to cultural practices, protocols or spaces from indigenous peoples. So this is merely a suggestive, but by no means exhaustive list because truly to champion story sovereignty is to reject any type of one size fits all model. It is up to each storyteller to determine what sovereignty looks and feels like to them. That's the end of my episode on story sovereignty. 
If you like our work at Unravel, you can support our podcast or Studio Kin by subscribing, sharing, becoming a patron or buying us a coffee via the links in our show notes. You can also leave us a review, shoot us a message to let us know your thoughts or subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date with our projects. Our hero illustration was created by our beautiful sister, Elsie Andrews. Audio was recorded and edited by myself. Thanks for listening, Ken. Take care, Ni. Mother.